Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome and today we welcome a gentleman from Texas, David Wallstead. And uh, he has a a really interesting story to tell about Uganda shoe trees and other programs that they offer. So, David, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Okay, so let's talk first about your education. Where did you go to school? So I did my undergraduate at a small Christian university called Tennessee Temple. It's no longer in existence. Um, I graduated from there with a degree in cross-cultural communication. And then I did some master's work at Western Michigan before going to Reformed Theological Seminary for my theological training. And most recently, I'm a graduate of the MEI program, the Master's in Entrepreneurship and Innovation from Tabor College in Wichita, Kansas. What uh, got you to Tabor? Why was the interest in going there? So for about uh, the last 25 years, I've had a close relationship, a mentor relationship with um, a United Methodist minister called Leonard Sweet, Dr. Leonard Sweet. And uh, he is one of the uh, key instructors in that program. And I've known him for a long time. And he knows my heart for innovation and entrepreneurship combined with my background in education. And so he said, hey, you should probably do this program. So we were the third cohort um, in that program. And I enjoyed it immensely. Okay, so let's talk about your work career while you were at university and after university. So uh, while I was in university, I was a scholarship um, athlete playing soccer, and for a short while I played baseball. And then uh, my interest after, after my undergrad was to go into uh, a graduate study that was not at a religious-based university. So I went to Western Michigan, Michigan University and pursued my master's in educational um, administration. And that's my background that got me into my first uh, job as a teacher and then eventually a headmaster at a small um, private school in Michigan. And from there, um, we got a chance to move down um, back home to where my wife is from down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and got an opportunity to get involved with um, a church ministry there and wanted to take my background in education and use it within uh, the church structure there. So um, as part of the requirement of the Presbyterian Church, of which I'm a part, I had to go back and get a seminary degree. And so they sent me to Reform Seminary in Orlando. Um, I finished there in 1999 and have been working full-time in ministry since then um, with this passion for uh, working in uh, entrepreneurship and Um, education because while I was in seminary, my father-in-law and I started a photography business together that actually funded um, my life really during those uh, four years of going back and getting um, a seminary degree while having four children. So have you heard of the phrase uh, freedom 55? I'm not sure I have. Enlighten me. Okay. Well, it's, it's normally uh, a thing where people can retire when they're 55. But my version is freedom 55 is when your kids are 55, you're finally free. 
I love it. Until then, you're the bank of parent. You are 100% right. I have four children. My oldest is 29. I have a set of twins that are 28, and my youngest is 22. And all of them have finished their education. They've all been, um, interestingly, they've also been uh, very involved in the work that we're doing in Africa as well. And they've been there many times. In fact, my oldest is likely the one who will succeed me at the at some point in in helping to run that organization from this side of the ocean. So, but you're also involved in Dallas. Is that where your uh, your church is? Yeah. So um, about. Oh, wow. I've been here now. It'll be 20 years. Um, and we have uh, our, our church has seen a, a huge shift in the last uh, 15 years or so. For about uh, 15 years ago, we opened up a, a facility here in Dallas called Theater 166. And it is a it was it's not there anymore. A, a live performance venue um, that was open and created for the community it included an art gallery, um, a big 125 seat um like a singer-songwriter showroom, black box theater with recording capabilities, and they could people could come in and record albums, do videos, concerts. And uh, we did that for about eight years, had over 700 different community events. Um, we called it Theater 166 because there's 168 hours in the week, and we used it for two on Sunday, and the rest of the time it was open to the community to come on in and use it and use our tech people. Unfortunately, with um, some changes, as you noted in our earlier conversation, um, with what's happening in our area, we're in North Dallas, Plano, Carrollton, Frisco area of North Dallas, which has seen exponential growth in the last five years. Some big um, corporations from California have moved in and the demographics have changed in a good way, much younger crowd, but also uh, retail space was at a premium. And so our landlord decided to go a different direction. So it allowed us to sit back as a church and say, well, what is it that we wanna do now? And uh, we made about a, as close to 180 degree shift as you can and became um, what's commonly known as a dinner church. Um, we're called the Table Dallas and we organized our church into groups of 20 to 25 people. And we meet weekly um, around a meal so we have a time of, of uh, community cooking, sharing farm to table, local food in the area, share that meal together. Um, we have a liturgy of sorts that we do, uh, worship around the table, um, uh, a table in uh, a table discussion, really. I lead the discussion. I'm like the uh, holy instigator, they like to say. And then um, we celebrate the Lord's Supper um, each time. So it's about a 90 minute total circle. And we do that throughout the week. Um, Sundays, three different times on Sundays, Tuesday evenings, Wednesday evenings, to allow people to come with all different kinds of schedule. Each one of them is relatively the same, um, but indigenous music and, you know, slightly different conversation based on who's involved in the group. But that's what we do here in Dallas. That's my quote unquote day job, but I call it my day ministry. So without a facility, where do you run these sessions? So this is a this is a great opportunity for us to talk about um, what we believe as a community is um, that God has called us to be more of a tabernacle church than a temple church. Tabernacle meaning that I, we believe that God's design was to be able to move quickly, elegantly, and in response to what's happening in the community. And because we no longer are tied to a facility, we were able to look in the community where uh, we felt there was a need and an opportunity, and we partner 
with um, a local entrepreneur there um, who interestingly has taken a, um, a county historical house, one of the first homes, uh, ranch homes built in that area. And he's converted into a co-working space during the day. And it is a, um, it's a small group venue that you can rent out um, with a huge outdoor stage, some indoor opportunities as well. And so our background as a church running a venue for the better part of almost 10 years was a perfect fit for us to partner together. So he allows us to use it on Sunday mornings when no one else is, is using it and later in the evenings during the week. And then we help him with um, the community rentals and groups that come in. So it's essentially similar to what we were doing before, only we're not the owners. We just partner with the gentleman who owns it and bring our expertise um, to, to this particular project, yeah. Okay, so let's move forward into Uganda Shoe Trees. How did you come up with the name first? Oh, well, um, being a very right-brained kind of person, um, I was trying to come up with an image that would, um, would communicate what we were trying to do in our initial foray into uh, working there in Uganda. One of the things that we discovered, I've been going there now for... Uh, 18 years um, in my first church, uh, the one that sent me back to seminary. Um, they had been working in Uganda for a number of years, but no one had ever gone to visit. So they approached me and another gentleman and said, would you go and visit to make sure that the things that we've been supporting are actually there and so forth. And so we went and visited and um, from that came an opportunity to get involved with a number of orphaned students in an area where their parents um, had died off from AIDS and they were living with grandparents and all of that. And so we began to work on finding a sponsorship that it, it ended up turning into a sponsorship program that this church ran for a number of years. And one of the things that we noticed that is, um, and I'll t I tell this story often is I was seated in, um, in the headmaster's office at a school and I was looking out at the fence that was surrounding the compound and the children had gathered you know, faces to the fence and were just gathered in huge numbers. And I commented to my guide, the one who was driving us, and said, wow, have they all come to see uh, what they call in Uganda the Mzungu, the wanderer, the white man, it's a common term in that part of, of uh, Africa. And he kind of shook his head. I was like, so they're like this all the time. They're, they're not coming just to see me. And he looked at me and he said, oh, Pastor David, they're not coming to see you. They're coming because they can't afford to come to school, so their parents send them to listen at the fence while the teachers teach. They have a very English system where it's a call-and-respond teaching system. And when I asked him why, he said, why they couldn't come, he said, most likely because they can't afford the shoes, the cost of the shoes that are a requirement to come to school. And from there, we learned that this is the way the government tries to manage the fact that nearly 60% of the population of Uganda is under the age of 18. They can't possibly fund all of that education. So they put requirements in place, though the school fees are free. They have certain requirements of uniforms and shoes, a particular kind of shoe, that for the people in the region we work in, in the central uh, part of Uganda, would cost the average person a month's wages. And if you have, on average, five kids, which is pretty normal in that part, you could see where that's a problem. 
So what we do is we provide shoes. One of the tasks that we do is we provide shoes for needy students at the time. And we also wanted to do some work with environmental. So we, we say every time that somebody buys a pair of shoes, we'll also buy two trees and we'll plant them in the country, uh, particularly on their campus where um, almost everything has been clear cut because of their need for firewood but no one will cut down a fruit tree. So our first foray into this, this Uganda shoe tree that you mentioned is a play on that. So our logo is like a the tread of that uh, school shoe with a tree kind of coming out of the middle of it. And that's where that piece came from. That's my, my connection um, to, and my idea of interpreting that so that people could see it. Plus you and I probably are old enough, Peter, when we actually know about a shoe tree, Remember, the play is a shoe tree. There's, for you younger listeners, there was a piece of wood that you could put into your shoes and you would crank it out to expand it to keep your shoes from, um, well, you would keep them in nice condition in your leather, well taken care of. And um, so it was a play on that. So besides shoe trees, you have three other major initiatives. Can you talk briefly about each of those three? Yeah, sure. So... Here in the United States, uh, the Uganda Shoe Trees, and that's ugandashoetrees.org, is a 501c3 nonprofit uh, that I founded um, as part of my graduate studies program at Tabor. This was my master's thesis put into practice. Um, but in the country of Uganda, it is part of uh, what I established the greater uh, what's called an NGO there, a non-government organization um, of shoe tree educational support. And we have a total of four prime initiatives. You heard me talk about Uganda shoe trees. The second one is Barefoot Uganda, and they're all related together. Um, Barefoot Uganda is um, a friend of mine, started this organization. We work closely, so we provide shoes. I raise money in the West. My job is to connect philanthropic individuals in the West and organizations in the West with these uh, school entrepreneurs, these educational entrepreneurs, by providing shoes for children at their school. And Barefoot Uganda is our training system. It's where we actually train local entrepreneurs, people who are interested to learn the trade of making shoes. And so we use locally sourced leather. We teach them how to to make the shoes, they come into our schools, they, they custom measure for the children, and then we deliver the shoes back. So Barefoot Uganda handles that part of what we're doing, that initiative. But as I mentioned earlier, we also plant trees. One of the huge problems in Uganda is they've clear cut so many trees that um, the environment is suffering. And so one of the things we are able to do when we go and we partner with one of these educational entrepreneurs is uh, we get to come in and do creation care talk about how we're to care for creation and planting trees is one of those. So let's go green. We call it let's go green. That's our initiative. So for every student in the school, uh, two trees are brought in little seedlings. One they plant on campus to create an orchard that will serve that community years going forward. The other one goes to their home compound for them to plant on their family property. And then finally, the newest one, which was a big deal for us uh, beginning, I think it began really in earnest in the end of 2019 is Wells for Luero. The area that we work in is Luero District. It's like a state in the US. Um, and uh, we actually have a partner here, a business partner who uh, is willing to, when we identify communities that need a clean water source, 
we actually will hire local people to come in and dig the well and put in a borehole well that serves that school, but then also the, the surrounding community. So those four together, Uganda Shoe Trees, Barefoot Uganda, Let's Go Green, and Wells for, for Luero are all under that NGO uh, in Uganda called Shoe Tree Educational Support. So talk about the importance of partnerships to what you're doing. Oh, without partnerships, there, there, there really, really wouldn't be anything other than, than me and my passion and the people that I know, you know, doing the best we can to help. Um, what I found is, is if we can partner together with people in Uganda who have a heart for these schools, we call them educational entrepreneurs. They're taking their family land, something they might use for uh, to cultivate crops, and they're saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to build a school to help solve the education crisis. And when we partner with them, it's a mutual, uh, mutual thing. We say we like to give them a hand up, not a handout. So in exchange for us working with them, coming in and doing our creation care and providing shoes and clean water systems, in return, in their partnership, they reserve 10% of their student population for people in the community who cannot even afford to send their kids to school. So as, you know, if it's a small school, we often start with schools that may be 100 people. Okay, so in 100 people, they can keep space for 10. And then as they grow bigger and bigger, that number increases. And they are usually, we've never had any problem um, with them being willing to, to take in those, uh, those needy students. And that partnership makes them feel like they have ownership in it. Um, and the partnership with the people who support them. It's a long-term relationship with these schools. So we don't just come in one time. As new students come in, we go back and we find out what they need. And we go back to the people that are partnering with us with that school. And we say, hey, we have this need. And uh, it's a great symbiotic relationship. So, David, you don't do this by yourself. Tell us about your team that helps you doing this. Yeah, so uh, it was important for me. Um, that as a white man working in um, rural Uganda, that I not be viewed as some kind of a white savior. And so for me, it was important that we found people um, with a similar passion who are um, from that community and in that community and um, desire to help that community. And so each of those, um, those uh, different initiatives, Barefoot Uganda, Let's Go Green, Wells for the Wero, are um, spearheaded, we call them directors. They are all local directors there on the ground in Uganda. They are typically people of a little bit more means. In other words, they are, a lot of them are tour guides and other things that make um, like a middle-class salary in their community. And um, then we then um, bring other people within the community onto the board of directors. So I am the sole uh, board of director chairman of the board of directors of shoe tree educational support the rest of the team of the other six members are ugandan natives and then of course on this side uganda shoe trees also has a board of directors also um, multicultural and spread out across different organizations again trying to encourage that partnership and bring everybody's um, um, network we say we like to say here your network is your net worth and so as these people come in, they bring their networks, and that's how we met, right? Through a network that I have with, with a, um, a common friend. So uh, networks are huge in making that happen. So David, uh, 
Here's a little challenge for you. Okay. Visioning. Where are you going to be in three years from now? Great question. Uh, well, Lord willing, and I mean that sincerely, because this whole thing has been a God thing from the beginning. Um, I would have never anticipated it turning into something that it has become. In three years, our plan is and our goal is um, we've created, we want to create um, shoe tree educational support. This Uganda Shoe Trees project is located in central Uganda. We've built a, a field office, bought some land there, and we bought a field office that has um, our orchards where we grow the, the trees that we then share with the different schools. We've also now built, uh, begun the process of building um, small little bandas, which are small traditional style Ugandan homes where people from the West who want to come and experience what life is like uh, working and living among the people in, in uh, rural Uganda there in central Uganda can come for anything from a day or two to a weeks or even months. And they can come volunteer with us, find out what we're doing, create new partnerships, experience some, some local things that happen there, get involved with this, the, uh, the owners of these schools and just give them an opportunity to, to kind of embrace what it would be like to live there and work in that community. And so we're currently raising money to, to make that happen, to change the compound, make it secure, give it all the facilities we need, the water, the infrastructure, um, so that it becomes like an operating base that people can then come to and like a ministry hub there for innovation and partnership. And then hopefully from there, maybe even grow some new partnerships with these schools, some areas, maybe with curriculum, maybe even with buildings. Uh, we don't touch either of those things right now um, down in the future where we can really even help these entrepreneurs further. Okay. So your family. Do they understand what you're doing or are they involved in what you're doing? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, I have four adult children now, all of which have been there multiple times. Uh, they all like to joke um, that their college education funds were spent in Africa. Um, they all had to work and we had to get lots of help to get them through their university studies and get them onto their career path. Um, but yes, they are all involved in one level or, or another. My oldest uh, just came back with a trip um, from a trip there with me last month. Um, my wife, now that we are empty nesters, she comes with us um, all the time. I generally go for about uh, two and a half to three months out of a year, spread out over two or three trips. I just got back from six weeks there um working closely and getting some things done and so yeah they travel with me my oldest twin daughter will be going with us next month when we return for our last trip of 2021 so yeah they are actively involved and they joke that i'm spending their inheritance on my work and travel to uganda because every dollar that we raise is a straight pass through so every dollar that comes in goes directly to uh what it's been assigned to all of us who work in the project work and raise our own funds. And so there's no cost currently to, that's our goal going forward, is to uh, be able to keep that going. So you've raised the key question here, and that's funding. Because you're doing a lot of trips, you're doing a lot of great work. Where do you source your funds to support this? 
ever that's an ever increasing challenge, as you know. Um, so a couple of areas have been very successful for us. One is uh, going after corporate partners. So we find um, we've been able to find some organizations here in Dallas that are uh, that are community minded, that are um, that are open to finding areas where their companies can give back. And so one of those is pitching these organizations to come in and do something specific. That's where Wells for Luero came about, where we were able to go to a local philanthropic organization and say, here's a huge need. It takes me a long time to raise money for a well. And they immediately said, we'll do up to eight wells a year and um, up to $40,000 and, and you just go and, and know that we're behind you. So that's revenue source number one, a big one. Um, number two is on our board of directors here for Uganda Shoe Trees. We have what we call our international ambassadors. Their name is David and Kylie Knight. They um, are illusionists. And they travel the globe doing um, shows and they actually created and what they call an effect. We might call it a trick, but they call it an effect that um, basically makes a shoe disappear and come back again. And they use that and they raise funds, um, individual people. Um, we raise funds uh, for $20. That's our sales pitch. $20 will buy a pair of shoes and socks for a needy child and two fruit trees. And so they raise funds for us. And then of course, my own personal uh, network through our church and um, close uh, people who are um, committed to what we're doing individually. Um, our fourth source, which we're just now getting into, which I think is going to be vital in the future, is is going after some of those grant some grant money because of the uniqueness of our entrepreneurial educational approach. We are all people of faith who are involved in it, but the organization is not in and of itself a Christian organization, which opens the door to grants from uh, a wide range of education, um, uh, environmental groups, uh, obviously church and other philanthropic groups like that, but uh, going after those grants to be able to cover the ground costs and um, maybe even ultimately um, some staff there. So David, you're passionate about your community of faith and what you're doing in uh, Uganda. So in terms of connecting with you, can you give us both your church address and your Uganda websites? Yeah, sure. If you want to get in touch with what we're doing at The Table Dallas, so it's T-H-E-T-A-B-L-E-D-A-L-L-A-S, thetabledallas.com and that will get you into a, a, a brand new portal that it's almost done so maybe by the time this podcast gets released it should be um, updated with our new um, partnership up in um, Louisville and so that's um, what we're doing at the table Dallas it'll explain uh, a little bit more about how we organize ourselves in the dinner church and then of course if you want to find out more about what we're doing in Uganda it is Uganda U-G-A-N-D-A S-H-O-E trees plural t-r-e-e-s dot o-r-g and that will explain all of our projects there's also a link both places there for how you can um, get involved if you want to uh, make a trip um, and join us and serve in that community and there's a place for you also to choose different um, opportunities to get involved financially and support some of the projects we're doing thank you david i was told that you had a great story and you haven't disappointed at all 
So thank you for your time this morning. Thank you very much. I appreciate being with you.